0: Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and I'm reading today from a book by Thomas Brooks, the English nonconformist preacher and writer who died in 1680. His book is called The Private Key to Heaven. He's going to give us first 20 arguments for private prayer. 20. Let's start with just the first one today. First, the example of the greatest saints. The most eminent saints, both in the Old and New Testament, have applied themselves to private prayer. Moses was alone in the mount with God forty days and forty nights. And so Abraham fills his mouth with arguments and reasons the case out alone with God in prayer to prevent Sodom's desolation and destruction, and never leaves off pleading and praying until he had brought God down from fifty to 10. And in Genesis 21.33, you have Abraham again at his private prayers. And Abraham planted a grove in Beersheba, and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. Why did Abraham plant a grove but that he might have a most private place to pray, and pour out his soul before the Lord in? So Isaac and Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide. The Hebrew word, suah, that is here rendered meditate, signifies to pray as well as to meditate. And so it is often used. It is a comprehensive word that takes in both prayer and meditation. So you shall find Jacob at his private prayer. Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. When Jacob was all alone in the dark night and when his joints were out of joint, he so wrestles and weeps and weeps and wrestles in private prayer that as a prince at last he prevails with God. So David, as for me, he said, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. So Daniel It was three times a day in private prayer. It says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he did aforetime. Daniel had accustomed himself to private prayer. He went to his closet before he went to his public employment and state affairs. And at his return to dinner, he turned first into his chamber to serve his God and refresh his soul before he sat down to feast his body. And at the end of the day, when he had dispatched his business with men, he made it his business to wait upon God in his chamber. So Jonah keeps up private prayer when he was in the fish's belly, yea, when he was in the belly of hell. So we have Elijah at prayer, under the juniper tree, and so Hannah, now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. The very soul of prayer lies in the pouring out of the soul before God, as Hannah did. Neither was Rebekah a stranger to this duty, who, upon the babies struggling in her womb, went to inquire of the Lord. That is, she went to some secret place to pray, saith Calvin and others. So Saul is no sooner converted, but presently he falls upon private prayer. And the Lord said unto Ananias, Arise, go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, though he was a strict Pharisee, yet he never prayed to purpose before, nor ever prayed in private before. The Pharisees used to pray in the corners of the streets, not in the corners of their houses. And after his conversion, he was frequently in private prayer, as you may see, by comparing these scriptures together. And he gives several scriptures here, Romans 1.9, Ephesians 1.15, Philippians 1.3, 1, three, Second Timothy 1.3. So Epaphras was a warm man in closet prayer, Colossians 4. So Cornelius had devoted himself to private prayer, and so Peter gets up to the housetop to pray. Peter went up into the housetop to pray about the sixth hour in Acts 10. Peter got up upon the leads not only to avoid distraction, but that he might be the more secret in his private devotion. Eusebius tells us of James called Justice, that his knees were grown hard and brawny with kneeling so much in private prayer. And Nazianzen reports of his sister Gorgonia that her knees seemed to cleave to the earth by her often praying in private. And Gregory saith of his aunt Tersilla that her elbows were as hard as horn by often leaning upon her desk at private prayer. I have read of a devout person who, when the set time for his private devotion was come, whatever company he was in, he would break from them with this neat and handsome come-off. He would say, I have a friend waiting for me. Farewell. And there was once a great lady of this land who would frequently withdraw from the company of lords and ladies of great quality who came to visit her, rather than she would lose her set times of waiting upon God in her closet. She would, as they called it, rudely take her leave of them, so that she might in private attend the Lord of Lords. She would spare what time she could to express her favors, civilities, and courtesies among her relations and friends, but she would never allow them to rob God of his time, nor her soul of that comfort and communion which she used to enjoy when she was with God in her closet. And indeed, one hour's communion with God in one's closet is to be preferred before the greatest and best company in the world. There was a child of a Christian gentlewoman that was so given to prayer from his infancy that before he could well speak, he would used to get alone and and go to prayer. As he grew, he was more frequent in prayer and retiring of himself from company. He would ask his mother very strange questions, far above the capacity of one of his years. But at last, when this child was but five years old and and whipping of his top, that is, that's a toy, the top that spins, you know what a top is. Of a sudden, he flung away his scourge stick and, and top and ran to his mother and with great joy said unto her, Mother, I must go to God. Will you go with me? She answered, My dear child, how dost thou know thou shalt go to God? He answered, God hath told me so, for I love God, and God loves me. She answered, Dear child, I must go when God pleaseth, but why wilt thou not stay with me? And the child answered, I will not stay, I must go to God. And the child did not live above a month after, but never cared more for play, but falling sick he would always be saying that he must go to God. He must go to God. And thus sometimes out of the mouths of babies and sucklings, God hath perfected praise. Certainly, such persons will be ripe for heaven early, who begin early to seek God in a closet, in a corner. Eusebius reports of Constantine the emperor that every day he used to shut himself up in some secret place in his palace, and there on bended knees did make his devout prayers and soliloquies to God. My God and I are good company, said famous Dr. Sibbs, A man whose soul is conversant with God in a closet, in a hole, behind the door, or in a desert, a den, a dungeon, shall find more real pleasure, more choice delight, and more full content. Than in the palace of a prince. By all these famous instances, you see that the people of God in all ages have addicted themselves to private prayer. O friends, these pious examples should be very awakening, very convincing, and very encouraging to you. Certainly, it is as much your duty as it is your glory to follow these pious patterns that are now set before you. Witness these following scriptures, that thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Brethren, be followers together of me. Mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. See also Second Timothy 3 and Titus 2. It was an excellent law that the Ephesians made that men should propound to themselves the best patterns and ever bear in mind some eminent man. Bad men are wonderfully in love with bad examples. The Indian, hearing that his ancestors were gone to hell, said that then he would go there too. Some men have a mind to go to hell for company's sake. Oh, that we were as much in love with the examples of good men as others are in love with the examples of bad men. And then we should be oftener in our closets than now we are. Oh, that our eyes were more fixed on the pious example of all that have in them anything of Christ, as Busser spake. Busser being Martin Busser, the German Protestant reformer. Shall we love to look upon the pictures of our friends, and shall we not love to look upon the pious examples of those that are the lively and lovely pictures of Christ? The pious example of others should be the looking-glasses by which we should dress ourselves. Looking-glasses being mirrors. He is the best and wisest Christian that writes after the fairest scripture copy that imitates those Christians that are most eminent in grace and that have been most exercised in closet prayer and in the most secret duties of religion. Jerome Having read the life and death of Hilarion, who was a monk and mystic in Palestine, one that lived most Christianly and died most comfortably, folded up the Bible, saying, or that book, that is, saying, Well, Hilarion shall be the champion that I will follow, his good life shall be my example, and his godly death my precedent. End of quote. It is brave, that is, excellent or noble, to live and die by the examples. Of the most eminent saints. That's one reason for private prayer from Thomas Brooks, who lived in the 17th century. Thank you so much for once more joining us. Please do look around the site. We have over 3,000 audios featuring some of the church's great preachers, persecution stories from North Korea in English and Korean, Bible studies on a number of subjects, and a blog. And if you want more, consider buying one of my books at Amazon.com or contact me at bob.j.falkner.72 at gmail.com. And I'll share details of our Saturday evening Zoom meeting for men and our Tuesday noon meeting for men and women. You you really need to come to one of those. you're, You're missing out on something really, really wonderful. All right, this is the Hackberry House of Chosun. This audio is being released on the 12th day of January, 2023. Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.